podcast with your host Vontae Gregory. Today we will be talking about the greatness that is on the last day of Black History Month, Oscar Michaud, the godfather, the American independent cinema. Oscar Michaud, the fifth of 13 children, was born in Illinois in 1884 on the 2nd of January. Nobody expected this child, born to a father who had once been a slave, to go on to become a pioneer for black Americans in the film industry. At the age of 17, Michelle began working in a range of jobs to get by. Whether the job was in a stockyard or a steel mill, the work was taxing and the pay was poor. Finally, Michelle had enough. He was determined and already had an entrepreneurial spirit, so he decided that it was time to become his own boss. The young man set up his shoe sign stand where he learned the ropes of running a business and then switched to working as a railroad porter, which was common back then. The knowledge and connections that Michelle gained from working as a porter would have been even more important than he realized at the time giving him the luck that he needed in his future endeavors and giving him an in-depth understanding of people across all financial and racial borders. It was his next job, however, that would inspire his creative career to begin, working as a homesteader in South Dakota. It was a daunting experience for Michelle. His neighbors on either side were white people working blue-collar jobs, people who he could never view as his peers. During this time, Michelle began to feel the urge to create something larger than himself. He channeled this creative energy into writing articles, one of which was published by the Chicago Defender. Shortly after his homesteading endeavor failed, Michelle had already bitten by the writing bug. His writing career was kickstarted when his first book, The Conquest, was published followed shortly by his second book, The Forge Note. He traveled tirelessly marketing his writing, all the while trying to create the next great novel. Perhaps if Michaud had never looked beyond writing, he might have faded into obscurity. However, The Conquest, his first novel, was renamed The Homesteader and made into a film in 1919, and it was a success. Like the novel, it was adapted from The Homesteader. It follows a black protagonist, John, as he develops romantic feelings for a series of different white women, but refuses to marry any of the women he loves due to the belief that this will make him a traitor to his race. The Homesteader has heavy themes of complex racial issues throughout, 
and critics and consumers alike rated the film highly. Michelle's second film, Within Our Gates, was released a year later and also deals with racial relations. Many people still consider Within Our Gates to be a direct response to the controversial and racially charged film, The Birth of a Nation, but Michelle insisted that there was no connection between the two. Unlike The Conquest, which was very well received, Within Our Gates was controversial before it was even released. Set in the Jim Crow era, where racial segregation was both legal and widely accepted, the film depicts darker-skinned Black people as poor and uneducated, while those who are lighter-skinned are more professional, highly educated, and generally more capable of enjoying a privileged role in society. This lens is used to showcase the issues faced by present-day Black people, including scenes depicting lynchings, without exploration or analysis of how these issues came to be. Many critics fear that these topics would cause political unrest, causing large protests against the release of Within Our Gates. Some cinemas, some cinemas chose to ban showings of the film entirely. The struggles that Michelle had to fight through to succeed were magnified by the time in which he began to create film, the Jim Crow era. The Jim Crow era is the colloquial name given to the period spanning between 1877 and the 1960s, when racial segregation was widespread and uncontroversial, causing black Americans to live in an unquestioned life as second-class citizens. This prejudice existed at all levels of society. Church ministers preached that black people were meant to live as servants and that racial segregation was godly. Biologists taught theory that black people were less than intelligent than white people as if it were a fact. No matter the area that you wanted to succeed in, if you were black, it was an uphill fight every step of the way. At best, it was difficult, and at worst, it was dangerous or even deadly. Michelle's filmmaking career began during a turbulent time in Black American society, and the subject matter reflected this. Like many other Black filmmakers, Michelle wanted to address the challenges faced by the African American community when trying to succeed in life and the racial injustice that was a part of existence for them including topics that were considered taboo to show on screen, such as lynching and rape. White filmmaking at the time was full of negative Black American stereotypes, and Michelle wanted to directly counteract that as much as possible. This ambition, which sometimes involved being critical of white American and European societal values, was one of the things that critics this ambition, which sometimes involved being critical of white American and European societal values, was one of the things that critics pushed back against. Michaud designed his films to reach beyond the limitations that the industry and society as a whole placed on him, making connections with middle class audiences while appealing to the lower class of society at the time. Michaud designed his films to reach beyond the limitations that the industry and society as a whole had placed on him, making connections with middle-class audiences while appealing to the lower class of society at the time. 
he described his ambitions as using film to raise our people to greater heights via truthful and authentic portrayal. To make up for his low budget, which required shooting scenes in one take, Michaud made his films as self-aware and self-conscious as possible, a novelty that audiences found humorous and charming. It was a break from the mundane and an opportunity to step outside of the narrative in a way that Hollywood films did not offer. Michaud's history as an author and the way he had learned to sell his work through relentless self-promotion might have been the things that kept him afloat throughout his filmmaking career. He was nothing if determined. Despite facing financial instabilities, widespread protests and criticism, and difficulty widely distributing his films, he never wavered in the promotion of his work. Other Black-owned film companies were severely limited by issues within film distribution and inadequate cash flow, per usual, just like how it is now. Michelle was able to mitigate these problems by getting cash advances from theater owners who liked his work. The struggles for Black independent filmmakers only worsened when the transition from silent films to sound began, aka talkies along with the financial downfall of the Depression. This time, Michaud wasn't immune, and he declared bankruptcy in 1928. When this didn't mark the end of his film career, it did cause a significant change from then on. Michaud depended on the support of white financial backers more than he had ever before. Along with the rest of the film industry, Michaud made the transition into talkie films, releasing his 1931 film, The Exile. But the 1930s continued to be unkind to his, to his career. His uh, early success and ability to engage a wide audience seemed to have faded away, but the controversy that had always surrounded his films remained. He tried to emulate the styles of popular Hollywood movies, but these limitations only fell flat due to the poor lighting, limited editing, and the second-rate actors that Michelle had no choice but to cast. After a long pause from the film industry, Michelle attempted to after a long pause from the industry, Michelle attempted a revival. He released the betrayal in 1948, which received overwhelmingly negative feedback. The New York Times condemned the consistently amateurish performances in the black American newspaper Chicago Defender slammed the film as preposterous, tasteless bore. Today, the betrayal does not even exist in print. It's considered by most cinephiles to be a lost film. In 1951, three years after his unsuccessful attempt at making a comeback in the ever-changing film industry landscape, Michelle unfortunately passed away due to heart failure. He was 76 years old. Correction. He was 67 years old. Even after his death, Michaud has continued to have a long-lasting impact on the film industry as a whole, with his films recognized by the Library of Congress and his face featured on a USPS stamp. In the 1980s, the Oscar Michaud Society was founded, named for Michaud's legacy and his role as a pioneering African-American filmmaker. The Oscar Michaud Society aims to promote the advancement, research, 
and studied Black American cinema produced in the early 20th century. Even today, in a changed world, the relevance of Michelle's films and novels to society remains. These aren't just films that ponder complex and racial issues. They're race films that succeeded completely against the odds, breaking barriers, and holding up a mirror to society. This legacy is even more significant when you consider how many race films have been lost to time, with less than one-fifth of race films produced in the USA still existing today. Oscar Michaud achieved what many strive to do. He created something so powerful that it would continue influencing the world even after his death. And I just got to say in closing that, you know, to me, he's the godfather of American independent cinema. You know, just one of the greatest if you can go on YouTube and other sites and and look up his work and you can see how, you know, his work impacted even today's uh, great American directors. And, you know, just admire his work, look at his work and many more other directors back then that were, you know, putting in the work, you know, against white supremacy, against self-funding their films against Jim Crow, against all these other trials and tribulations and obstacles, but they still push through for the art. And they did it great. They're legends in my eyes. So that's been today's episode of the Visual Intonation Podcast. Make sure you like, share, and subscribe. Follow me on TikTok, Patreon, Twitter, Instagram, all the social medias in the link below. Make sure you like, share, and subscribe and leave a review. It's good for the algorithm and it's good to share and promote podcasts like this so that I can promote people like you all, all the filmmakers out there that hopefully I'll have conversations with in the future. So with that being said, peace out and see you on the next episode.